Are you going to join? <laughs> we will, we will. <laughs> you are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus, for another episode of the Battle Ready Podcast. It's Wednesday. No, it's Tuesday today. What day is it? I don't know. It's Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. And when are we releasing this episode? Well, hopefully we'll be releasing the clip about Chris Rock in about five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so something happens at the Academy Award this weekend, and I'm texting you going, did you just see this? Are you watching it? And I wasn't watching this. This is the thing that we have to talk about. It's terrible. I live in Hollywood, and I was not watching the Oscars. You were watching it. And it's crazy because we're filming this in Hollywood and it's the Academy Awards are one block away. We right. can see the tents from, from the front of, of the, our office. And Chris Rock makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith and her hair being shaved really short and makes a G.I. Jane joke. Mm-hmm. Says, I'll see you in the next G.I. Jane. But her shaved head is the result of, uh, of a particular disease. A, a, a disease where you lose your hair, right? Or you have thinning hair, alopecia? Yeah. Okay, so... But I don't know if he knew. I think she's been vocal about it. I think mm-hmm. there's a video of her talking about it in December, walking people through, you know, actually like going through parts of her hair that are really thinning out and then like sure. talking about why she's shaving it. Look, Jada Pinkett Smith looked like kale that night. She looked like a kale salad with that green dress. <laughs> so before Be anything careful. even popped you're, you're up. You're going to get slapped. I'm going to get slapped? If you remember, don't, don't. Make sure you don't put her name in your mouth. (laughs) That has nothing to do with her hair. She looked like, the best thing was, I was watching it with friends and it's always fun watching it through other people's eyes Mm -hmm. because the first things first, my new friend, his his name's Chris. He's he's like, he's an interesting guy. I just met him and he just goes, Jada Pinky looks like Kale. (laughs) And before anything happens, then Chris Rock makes the G.I. Jane joke about about her hair and her shaved head. Will Smith comes up out of nowhere. It looked like a joke. It looked like he was walking up. He walked out. I walked up really slowly. Walked up slowly. Almost like with a swagger. It looked like WWE, like an opening scene where everyone's getting announced. Everyone's just hitting each other. And he walks up to Chris Rock and smacks him so hard in the face. And Chris Rock took it like a man. You got to say, Chris Rock can take a slap. Chris Rock, (laughs) he uh, barely moved. That guy has calves like a tree trunk then because that guy, that I would have, <laughs> that would have knocked me into backstage. <laughs> Which would have been a really, even a worse look for Will Smith if Chris Rock had gone down. Almost better. Better. Is it better to be known as the man who slapped him and he didn't move or the man who slapped him and he went to the ground? Well, I think it would have been harder for Will Smith to recover. Yes. If Chris had fallen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So we got to break this down. You want to talk about this? Well, let His me opinions hear, are flying. Okay, wait a minute. You, you've been hearing people respond left and right. Left and right. So first of all, tell me, what do you think are the majority of responses out there? Well, we, we posted it on our Instagram. I just posted a yellow square. With on the Battle, Battle Ready. Ready. Yeah, the Battle, Battle Ready. Ready Instagram. Yeah. And we have like 100 or so responses, comments. And then I also did like a Q&A on mm-hmm. our story. And we have like a couple of hundred responses from that as well. I mean, people are saying it was staged. Some people were saying no one cares about woke Hollywood. Uh, was sad and annoyed that Questlove didn't get his moment because everyone was still in shock. Um, I wonder what story Will Smith is living in. Uh, referring back to, I think, 
your comments on his spiritual health if he's doing ayahuasca and looking and going on that like spiritual journey which you said a few weeks ago on this podcast some people are like that was physical assault he should be arrested he should go to jail how did they leave him at the event and some people are like pr stunt um violence is never the answer overall it's pretty much like violence is never the answer or that it's staged I am amazed, though, how many people actually took Will Smith's side and acted like what he did was appropriate. Who took his side? Yeah. Brooke, who took his Brooke, side? Brooke, you posted a really intelligent response. Uh, no, no, I want to know who took his side first. That she had a lot of people that were responding to her post saying that uh, what he did was appropriate. Oh, like, 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 like normal people? Yeah. Like us? Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, and, I didn't, know, I didn't and, know if anyone publicly, like celebrities but, but had also come out. But uh, also, she was mentioning that um, an article said five or six people anonymously from the academy said that they're angry with Chris Rock for telling a joke that was not approved ahead of time, mm -hmm. which is basically a way of saying Chris Rock is wrong. We're, we support Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a way of saying the script is there to guide us and to let us approve and to so we can stand behind what you're going to say. If you go off script, you're no longer our responsibility, right? Well, That's a disclaimer. Yeah, but we've listened to academy for years and- that was one of the tamest jokes I've ever heard. Yes. I've heard people get roasted. I've heard such horrifically abusive, mean, um, blunt of joke kind of statements toward actors, whether it would be like a Mel Gibson or, um, you know. I mean, they shred you know, people. Or Tom they Cruise rip people. or whoever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't mess with Tom Cruise, though, because he's the Scientology prince. Yeah. <laughs> and, they don't. They don't mess they, with him. They definitely go after actors and actresses, and it it's pretty ruthless. So it's kind of expected. And and so when I listened to it in, in proportion to other things I've heard in the past, it was fairly innocuous. And, and part of it for me is when you say something like that, someone who's powerless or someone who doesn't have their own personal power to stand in, that's really abusive. Uh, probably for Chris Rock, Jada is like beautiful, powerful, successful. You can joke about her because of um, the posture and power who she is as a human being in that room. You, you know, and like if you said to Anthony Hopkins, you're a terrible actor, I don't know, you know, how they picked you for that film, you, you would be funny, but everybody knows that Anthony Hopkins is a great actor. If you said to Tom Hardy, man, you need to work out, you know, if you were better looking, you'd get more roles. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody would know that, it's, well, it's Tom Hardy. And I think there's a, I think part of it for Chris Rock was, everybody knows this is Jada P Pinkett Smith, right? You know, and so when he says this, he's not talking to a powerless person, he's talking to a powerful person. Yeah. Or seemingly powerful person. Seemingly strong person. Yeah, and... You know, and I'm not saying what he said was in good taste. It was in bad taste. But most of the humor is in bad taste. That's that's my whole point. Yeah. Is that there's almost no humor yeah. that's in good taste at the academy. Yeah. The, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so now it's a new standard. Now, now the humor has to be in good taste. Now the the humor can't be making fun of someone's liability or weakness or something distinct about them. And I genuinely think Chris Rock had no idea what he did wrong. Even when he got slapped, I think he was so confused. I don't think he didn't. I don't. Okay, so can we can we can we go step by step? Do you think Chris Rock's joke about Jada was wrong? In the context of what the Academy no no has no been, context just just from watching no, it live. There's first always there's always context. No, 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 you cannot only, make a decision. There is based only, on context, context only exists after the fact. No. Yes. It exists before the fact. That's what context is. 
you watching it. You didn't even watch it. Okay, no, let me give you an example of context. If someone slaps someone in the face at the Academy, at the Oscars, it's wrong. If someone slaps someone at UFC, it's a mild touch. <laughs> and the context matters. It, it determines I whether it's violence or it's competition. I didn't say the context didn't matter. I'm saying there is no context until the end. Why, so without context, that's the comments I would like. Thank you for mansplaining context for me. <laughs> I understand what context is. I was boy slanting it. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> See, we should be putting this on air. You, you, you backed out. I backed out because you're making me mad, and now we're back on. <laughs> there we go. And you don't you, like answering mess. questions, and that's bothering me right now. So we'll fight it out on the pod, but that's, that's, we took a little time out. I don't see the world in black and white. I'm not asking you to. You're wearing freaking purple and blue and seven shades of blue. Right. I don't think you see it black and white. I'm just asking for yes or no questions so we can build on top of that. Okay, let's try again. I don't want to ask you the question. Chris Rock's comment <laughs> wasn't that bad. No. Watching it first person, I'm like, oh, oh, that wasn't, it wasn't a great joke, but he knew it. He just throws digs at Jada because he always has thrown digs at Jada. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because he knows Will Smith won't do anything about it because Will Smith has notoriously been a very soft and cuddly, likable. He's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's not this thug. He's not Tupac. He's not, you know, like he's not the guys that Jada rolled with before she met Will. He's a different version. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's a, a social pressure and a marital pressure. I don't know. I can't speak on their marriage, but it feels like the openness that they've been, they've been open about their marriage. feels like maybe she doesn't see him as a protector. And that's maybe the vibe that I get. Oh, it's an interesting take. Yeah. Hmm. But no, was Chris, Rock's, was Chris Rock's joke bad? No, I get made fun of worse than that. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, 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 the reason it's hard for me to answer is because I only saw a joke after the slap, so everything gets like thrown into it. But if I was watching the, the Oscars and he made that joke, I wouldn't think twice about it. I wouldn't think it was inappropriate. I wouldn't think it was weird. I wouldn't think it was wrong. I wouldn't think it was bad. Okay. Um, Actually, I think it, in some ways, almost like diffuses, you know, a situation because she's probably there and maybe she feels uncomfortable about her hair, but I don't think she does. Okay, so much has been made about how everyone who's sort of taken Will Smith's side in this, like Nicki Minaj, she's like, how can you make fun of someone with this medical condition? And it, people say, you know, Jada Pinkett's been very open about it since 2018, her struggles what is the responsibility of a comedian hosting an award show to know the behind the scenes for every person in the room? You know, he made a surface level joke based on her hairstyle. Is he required to know she has alopecia? Is he responsible for knowing that? Uh, no, I don't think that as a comedian, you're Why do you answer Brooks. Yes or no questions. But you answer my <laughs> yes or no questions. What is Why? <laughs> Because your question has so many layers behind it. So does her. <laughs> no. If he's a good comedian, he knew he had alopecia and he knew what he was doing. Right. So he probably, so what then becomes clear is Chris Rock knows she has alopecia. No, you're, you're allegedly knows, may or may not know. Since 2018, that's four years. She, he knows yeah, them pretty well. Yeah, but she only started talking about it in 2021. At the end of 2021. I think that was the first time she vlogged she's, about it. She's become more open saying she shaved her head to stop hiding it. Ah, okay. I'm going to assume he knows. And so that tells me he didn't think it was off limits. He thought it was funny. He thought it was innocuous. And and when he said, hey, I'm making, I was making fun of G.I. G. Jane. 
Jada gives off G.I. Jane energy. So that's for me like that. that for me, it did not feel like an out of place joke, whether you knew about the alopecia or not. It it, it wasn't like a, you know, it's it, it, it for me, it felt very, very small, very yeah. small. And many women who are famous have shaved their heads. Yes. And, you know, so I, it, it doesn't feel out of context for me. It, it um, I think that Chris Rock did what a comedian does. He finds little nuances and blows them up and makes them funny. Yeah. And if Will Smith had not responded the way he did, we wouldn't even be talking about that. Yeah. It no. would have just gone right past it. It would have been a very, very nominal joke that was moderately funny. Okay. So I know you don't like answering questions, but I'm gonna, I have another one for you. <laughs> Was Will Smith wrong for slapping him on stage? Absolutely. 100% without question. Not even 99%? Not even 99. Interesting. I'm absolutely uh, convinced that what he did was wrong. So I, <laughs> because you went so black and white about this one, I feel, I feel that it was an overreaction to his words. Yes. But when you bully someone, you you don't get to always choose the outcome. With every action, there's an equal to a greater reaction. Right, but now we're calling stand-up comics bullies. If there is a line between being a comedian and being a bully, and I do feel that Academy and no, no and, and let me finish. I do feel the Academy Award last the, the other night crossed the line from being comedians to being bullies. Amy Schumer, that was walking hot trash. Her comedy was not funny. It was bullying. It was the irony is that she's bullying an entirely woke crowd about like Chris and Dunst, the Chris and Dunst thing, or like half of, I didn't think her comedy was funny at all. She was terrible. Okay. Wait, what, what about, um, oh, the, the office guy from England, the office, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. When Ricky Gervais was the host, Ricky he, Gervais, he, of the Golden Globes, of the Golden yeah, Globes. Yeah, he, he just trashes everyone, destroys everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's his whole humor. It is. And people loved him. It is. They do. So have we come to the end of comedy? Ah. Uh, back, back to Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, are, are we at the end of comedy? Or can you only make fun of... Uh, Republicans? Can you only make fun of Trump? Can you only make fun of conservatives? Can you only make fun of Christians? Can you only make fun of people that the Academy um, has disdain for? And so then you're, because SNL is making fun of people every single week. Right. Saturday Night Live is mocking people and their belief systems and their views every single week. We don't have a problem with that as long as it's attacking someone on uh, the side of the cultural divide that Hollywood has disdain for. They did rock Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, but that's after the fact. He, he, is, was, he, no, was, that, he was loved that, for no, decades. That, that is the irony to me, right? Is that Harvey Weinstein was like worshipped for decades. Yeah. And he was, he's always been. And some of them still support him. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's like the tough thing, right? Because like Jessica Chastain got famous off Harvey Weinstein movies, mm -hmm. like Weinstein Company movies. So you look at like, you know, there's no doubt that there's women in that room that have been victim of the brutality of the industry and the the disgusting nature that the industry operates in. And that's like totally not okay. But I do find it odd that the comedy is selective, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're only making fun of Harvey Weinstein after the fact when there's rumors about that guy for decades. Yeah, You know what I mean? And you know, rumors are rumors, but it's like that world is small, you know? Like they all know. You, 
you know more about Will and Jada's life because they're so famous in LA than you do like half the people in your neighborhood. Like it's it's the the world, the industry, Los Angeles is a very tiny place when it comes to like social networks and people knowing about each other. When you have comedians who are going my 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 thing about the Chris Rock comment is it just felt like it was small. And so the the reaction felt like Will Smith was the first part felt staged because Chris Rock is smiling the entire time. Mm-hmm. So like he seems like a pretty intuitive person. He's obviously a very intelligent person. And maybe it's just like, he's just putting the show up because he's in front of millions of people on live television. Right. But it looked like his intuition was that Will Smith wasn't coming up to hurt him. Right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe he would have, I think he would have like backed off a little bit or made, he would have sidestepped it with comedy. Right. But he took it. Yeah, and then Will Smith kept going. What do you mean he kept going? Because, you know, as I think someone posted... Um, to in response to some Brooke wrote, um, verbal words are more painful than than slaps. So I'm like, oh yeah, he went back to his seat and then started cussing him out. And so you're going, okay, wait a minute. If words are worse than than slaps, Will did them both. Yeah. And um, because what he he didn't let it go afterwards, he just kept yelling and um, and demeaning and humiliating. See what people aren't factoring is you're going, wait a minute, Chris Rock was humiliating Jada, not at the level that Will Smith humiliated Chris Rock. And frankly, if Chris Rock humiliated Jada, it was clearly unintended and accidental. Will Smith purposefully humiliated Chris Rock. It was completely intentional. I don't feel it was a humiliating moment for Chris Rock. I actually, I liked Chris Rock before. He hasn't been as funny as he was, Mm -hmm. you know, in the last 10 years, but he's always funny. And hosting the Academy Awards is one of the greatest things that he has done like he just does phenomenal job of hosting the academy awards but i don't feel he was humiliated he showed that he was not only the bigger man yeah he took the higher road yeah. but that he didn't let it affect him in a negative way he didn't he didn't cuss back no nope. he didn't even whisper anything back and you know like you heard the like it was there was another incredible moment between lady gaga and liza Benelli mm-hmm. where you yeah. heard all of their like whispering in their yeah. back and it was so beautiful and cute Chris Rock took it like a man. He had the mentality of, of a man, mm-hmm. of, of character, and a man that was going to go, okay, look, I said what I said, and he did what he did, but I'm not going to let that affect the rest of the moment. I'm going to do what I can to have a good moment. Yeah. He was definitely thrown off. Yeah, and there's something else. If you notice, um, when Will Smith was yelling at him by keeping his wife's name out of his mouth, um, if you look at the micro expressions on Chris Rock, there's an immense amount of sadness. A p- half of his face drops while his other half of his face stays still. That's from the slap. That's from the slap. No, that's from him trying <laughs> not to cry. Yeah. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he was overwhelmed cry. by sadness. He did not want to hurt Will and Jada. And when he- uh, I don't think he, I don't think uh, that's That's true. my read. Yeah? That's, that's my read. You think read. so? Yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think I he was think. actually sad that this was happening and he controlled himself. He had what, what is known um, in leadership um, dynamics as tough poise. And in this incredibly critical, difficult moment that was unexpected and unpredictable, he showed the highest level of poise. So I have incredible respect yeah. um, for that moment for Chris Rock. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I and then if I were looking at it from a purely like um like a therapeutical kind of dynamic, um, Will Smith's overreaction tells me it had nothing to do with Chris Rock's joke that there's much deeper toxicity going on. There's something else much deeper, something more broken, something else happening there. 
where he needed to project his inner violence, inner frustration, inner anger on a moment. He picked that moment right there. Yeah, because he laughed. He laughed initially. And then Jada's expression says that she was offended. Mm -hmm. And then the whole dynamic shifted. Don't do anything for a woman. <laughs> and women don't do anything for a man. The takeaway. Just, hey, do nothing Jada, for you anyone. want to fight him? You go fight him. <laughs> no. Well, earlier that night, Regina Hall made a joke. Who's Regina Hall? She was one of the trio of women hosting. She's an actor. Mm. About Will Smith being single enough to come up and participate in like the COVID test swab. Yeah. Saying Jada Smith like approved him. Like made a joke about their open marriage. Oh. And Jada didn't do anything about that. Yeah, and that honestly, that's one of the things that struck me was, wait a minute, here you have a man who's okay with his wife being with other men. Is he okay with it? Well, supposedly. I don't think he's okay. That's what it. he says. He says he's okay. And then, but he's not okay with someone making a joke about his wife. The, 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 uh, um, the responses are out of proportion to the realities of what a man experiences, what a human being experiences. And that, for me, tells me it had nothing to do with the joke. It had to do with much deeper issues of the relational dynamic between them. Here's my thing. Should he have shown public violence? No. Shouldn't have shown private violence. <laughs> well, he wouldn't be showing private violence. Right. Right? Like, handle it offstage, figure yeah. it out, go and have a conversation, which I, apparently they did. Apparently they were screaming at each other offstage. Which isn't a conversation. Backstage. Right. That's just continued That's violence. Continu no, that's... What? What? How's that continued violence? If they're talking to each other off stage. No, if he's screaming and yelling at him. I think both of them were screaming, and yelling at each other. Mutual violence, shared violence. I think I, my thing is this: you cross the line, you say what you say, you get slapped. That's on you. That the same way, like if he could, he wanted to press charges, he could press charges. W Will Smith was playing, wasn't playing chess. He was playing checkers, and Chris Rock was the bigger man by not pressing charges, mm -hmm. by walking off, by walking off stage, going, "What the heck just happened?" Completely stole away, you know, it completely took away from Questlove's moment of yeah. receiving the Academy Award. It ruined the rest of the night. It did. Which, honestly, the rest of the night. The Academy Awards was like hot. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was like the worst. They were like, what was what was half of those musical acts other than Beyonce was just the worst thing in the world. Never been more <laughs> bored in my entire life. I would have rather watched Bridgerton. <laughs> but oh, then, you love Bridgerton. Yeah, come on. Quit acting like you don't like I'd rather it. watch Bridgerton. <laughs> if Chandra Rhymes I'm produced and directed the Academy Awards, <laughs> I would watch it. Yep, but it also made his speech disingenuous. Yes. No, it doesn't. No, yes. and this is where I disagree. It okay, this is the second topic. What goes on with the speech? You feel it was disingenuous? It doesn't matter whether he was it. it the speech was dis disingenuous. But, but when he says, I want to be loved, and doesn't first begin by apologizing to Chris Rock to saying, my actions were inconsistent with my intention in my life. Rather than owning what he did, he begins by making himself a hero saying, I'm a defender of this person and a defender of this person and I'm a defender of this person. If you listen carefully, he be, he's a brilliant man. He begins by crafting a story that he's the hero. He's the protector. He's the defender. So what he does in the beginning is actually justifies what he did to Chris Rock rather than apologize for it. It was a very subtle and uh, but, but um, stiletto level cutting into his action eliminating any personal responsibility and making himself the hero of the moment no i think it was i think he was having a human moment i think he understands the weight and the pressure and 
the figure that he is. I think he he lost it in that moment, and I think he was regaining the reality of who he was. Okay. And I no, let me. I'm not done. And I I really do think I really do think that Will Smith, the Will Smith speech is not should not be discredited because of his actions beforehand. With context, right? We don't know what's going on beneath the surface. We don't know what's really going on in their marriage. We don't know what the conversation they had walking up to the Academy Awards. We don't know what conversations they're having. We don't know what Jada, what Jada Smith said to him. We, we don't have all of that information. We know we watched a very broken man do a very broken thing and then have to give a speech afterwards for winning something. And if anyone's humiliated, it's him in that moment, right? You just won being, you just won the best actor award in front of millions of Americans. Millions, I probably don't think so. I, I, I don't think that millions of people are watching this anymore, but millions of people are watching it now. The Academy Award <laughs> has been in a massive decline for the last 10 years and now people are watching it. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in, on one side, I think he, he's probably having to sit there like a kid who just got in trouble for fighting for the last 15 minutes of the show and then having to, in front of everyone, fall apart. Well, it's like the kid who got in trouble for fighting, and then in a few a few minutes wins the award for peacemaker of the year. <laughs> yeah, for uh, what is it like most improved player or like? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I'm not saying that he's insincere in his desire to be an expression of love. Mm-hmm. I am saying it was disingenuous to the moment, and if he was sincere, why the award the has moment. disconnected to his moment? The, the award has the him winning the award has nothing to do with his actions five minutes before. Right, it has nothing to do with it. But so why he, would he need to apologize to Chris Rock when he wins the award? Because he connected them. What do you mean he, he connected He begins them? by going, I, I defended this person. I defended. I actually think if I were those women going, how did you defend me? Yeah. How did you defend me? Like, I didn't ask you to be my defender. You're, you're, you're acting like all those women are powerless and you have to defend them all. It was incredibly narcissistic. All the other actors in the film. He yeah. He named it, them. It, it just, to me, it was, it, it just, it, it, reeked of disingenuousness to me and and then when he said i i feel called by god to be loved i actually thought i think he actually that part i thought was sincere i think he wants to be that and i think that what you're watching is a a person who longs to be something that he cannot figure out how to become Mm. and i and you know weeks and weeks ago i talked about how the fact that he's using psychedelics to have spiritual experiences tell me tells me that there's a deficit in his um, spirituality. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And, I agree with you there. I think I think we have to, if you haven't seen the clip, it's it's in it's in which episode? Do you guys know? We'll uh, find it. Okay, yeah. we'll find it. We'll bring yeah. it back up. It's in it's a, it's in a, an episode recently that we we had on bat already. And, and so it, you could predict this moment was going to happen. Yeah, and. Um, and I feel very sad uh, that it happened. I feel sad. I actually feel sad for Will Smith. I, I I feel bad for anyone who has a bad moment in front of people. Like so, yeah. you know. So as a human, I feel badly for Will Smith. I think he's responsible for his actions. I think his actions were wrong, and I don't think he owned his actions. For, and, for me, the I think the the, pre, the the main character of this situation, the story should be Chris Rock, because look at a person who, whether he was going to cry or not. You know, I do, th- I do, I do think he cares about Will. I do think, yeah. I, I think ultimately he doesn't want to hurt people. No. I think he wants to to sting people. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when you do go to a show like that, you are stepping into the arena of being made fun of. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a great testament to the Academy Awards of going like maybe this like this type of humor 
is just over with. Like may, instead of like making the biggest night where you honor the biggest actors, maybe don't rip them apart every time. You see, I think that's the most intelligent right? outcome of that moment. It's not was Chris Rock's statements inappropriate, but is the culture of the Academy inappropriate? I think they're creating a really bad culture, yeah. which is also why you look at the Golden Globes, right? The Golden Globes, Ricky Gervais destroying everyone. Yeah. Well, they got destroyed because they had no diversity and no accountability mm -hmm. in their boards and their voting. Was it the, the voting, like the association, the Academy or whatever they call that? There was they they found out it was an, an op head where they basically found out it was all men and all white men. It's tough when a secret society no, is no longer a secret. <laughs> no women and no diversity, and then they got destroyed for it. So they built a culture of the same thing, and then yeah. I think you're watching Academy Awards fall apart as well. Yeah, but there's another player in this. The Academy has um, standards of conduct. Um, they watched an individual walk on stage. Security should have tackled the man going on stage, except it was Will Smith, so they're not going to do it. Right. They let him hit the person that is representing the academy. So um, the violence wasn't just against an individual. It was against the academy. The academy, yeah. I mean, they, he should be protected. He goes back to his seat. He's not arrested. He's not escorted out by security. There is no consequences. He's allowed to stay because he's going to win an award. And the truth of the matter is the Academy is hypocritical because they choose talent over character. Well, maybe that's not hypocritical. That's obvious. They always choose talent over character. But in this moment, it shows you that their code of conduct and but the way- But it's a talent show. It's not a character show. Yeah, but the way they talk about themselves with their ethics and- The, um, the, the wokeness yeah. and the, yeah. It yeah. lets you know that it's, it's all fake if it's someone in the inner circle because they did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think it's very revealing. Brooke, I could see you're desperate to say something. Oh, no. Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> had a joke. He said, a whole Was it room about Jada's hair? No. He said, a whole room full of people and no one lifted a finger. Spider Man was there. Aquaman was there. Catwoman was there. <laughs> and they all sat on their hands and no one helped Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows you the incredible deficit of courage in the room, uh, an incredible um, depth of talent. And you have to like recognize that, that the absence, the omission of action is one of the most defining statements in the room. But I will say that Chris Rock had the greatest statement I've ever heard in Academy history. Did he release a statement? No. Afterwards? When he said, this was the greatest moment in television history. <laughs> I thought, this man is so smart. How? He is so smart, but also like how, how amazing he's going. Me getting slapped on television is absolutely the greatest moment that will have ever happened in all of television history. Yeah. And, uh, and I would love for Chris Rock to come in our podcast or Will Smith and, and yeah. have a conversation about this. This would be uh, well, you know a wonderful thing to you do. You know what's crazy is there's like a whole community of like ayahuasca trolls. We posted that clip. There was all these people commenting being like, don't knock it until you have it. Like oh, no, the a lot Bible is like- We're excited. They thought that I was really affirming it. It's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. You're like the least affirmative of ayahuasca and any kind of psychedelic drugs. I, I'm just not a guy who needs drugs to achieve the um, highest level of human experience that I desire. <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing um so that was a lot to get through but i will yeah. say this my 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 favorite moment of the academy awards was when coda won best was it best best picture, best picture? Best picture and but best actor yeah i thought will smith won best actor 
Oh, best supporting best actor. Best supporting actor. Will Smith won best supporting? No, he won best actor. Coda, Coda won best actor. No, best supporting actor. Coda won best picture and best supporting actor. Right, 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 right. Okay. Which is also like whack because what's her name? Campion, champion. Jane Campion. Jane Campion. Jane Campion. Usually best picture wins best director. That should how it be. That should, yeah. that should, that should be how it is. Kenneth Branagh should have won best director. Well, no, I believe Belfast. if you win Best Picture, whoever made the Best Picture should win Best Director. Don't you think? Okay, I can live with that. It's always an that. indictment. Like, like when um, what's his name? Colin is not Colin Farrell. Colin Firth won Best Actor for a Single Man, but then uh, Tom, Tom Ford, Ford didn't get nominated for being the director. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. All right. So I want to do a little survey on Battle Ready. Didn't even get nominated. Wait, hold on. I'm not done. Coda. <laughs> Let me make my. You have talked a lot, sir. Sir. <laughs> Uh, Sir, Coda wins most beautiful speech. Talks about communication. We got to break down that speech at some point and talk about it, because mm-hmm. um, he talks about the directors. As quote that Spielberg gives on like uh, directors, the best directors are great communicators and being able to like bridge the gaps between mm-hmm. communication. And he goes, "You bridge the gap between like the deaf world and the speaking world." and how they communicate. And I was like, that was the most beautiful thing in the world. But I also just thought how how ridiculous the Academy Awards looked like by doing this when they're all applauding. Like it just, it looked, it just looked like a bunch of people who are trying to be on trend and maybe it's just so politically correct. <laughs> I don't, do you, what, do you feel any way about that, Brooke? That it was on trend? No, that they were, everyone in the crowd's doing this. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was whack. That's how you applaud a, a deaf person. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's why they did it. But you're not deaf. But they're doing it for him. For, for the him. deaf person. Yeah. How else are, is he going to hear the applause? No. He can't hear it anyways. You know, you're, He's going to see them all doing this. It is the same thing. <laughs> the room was split. It was half and half. Okay. okay. I'm well, you, you Let's know, cut that out. Well, no, no. no you can, your mom speaks no, American Sign Language. I know mom yeah. does. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful I didn't know thing. That. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this. She's been okay, the so you go back Mosaic for like 20 years. Whenever there was a deaf person, she'll yeah. pop up and do it. It's like really cool, yeah. actually. No way. That's oh, awesome. Oh yeah, she I haven't seen her do it in a little while, but like hugely involved yeah. the community when I met her 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And uh, so here's my survey. If you're listening to Bal Ready, okay. If you made it through the power of the dog in one sitting, leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the slowest, uh, most plodding, boring movie <laughs> I have seen this year. I am with Sam Elliott. There is no way she should have been nominated for Best Director. There's no way she should have won Best Director. Yeah. That is the Academy patting itself in the back, doing all the woke kind of things. I, she, yeah. She's brilliant. She's talented. The power of the dog is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. It should not have won. I haven't seen it. And that's my opinion. I haven't seen it. I got to see it. <laughs> I got to see it. I, heard I did I heard watch it. It's it. Brokeback Mountain too, right? It, yeah. And I think that's part of the thing is that if you have Ish. a gay theme, you're more yeah. likely to be applauded by the Academy, even if yes. the movie's not oh, good. Oh, of course. For sure. It, you know? Yeah, for sure. And Yeah, because I'm, I'm halfway through, so the themes haven't really fully developed. I'm thinking to myself, this movie is horrible. Like, why am I watching this? And I just started like fast forwarding and fast forwarding and because I was just so bored. And even some of the critics have said that the scenes are just languid. They just take too long. They're just stretched out and there's no movement. Isn't that what directing is about? 
it's detail and progress. I don't and, know. Yeah. I don't know what movies yeah. are about. I don't watch any. I, I'm not watching really <laughs> many of those movies um, anymore. Okay. Is there any? Do we have final statements to say about this Will Smith Chris Rock situation? Is there anything else we want to talk about? Uh, well, Should Chris Rock press charges? No. No. Why? I just think we live in such a litigious society where we sue each other for everything. Um, I didn't say sue. I said, should Will get arrested? No. No? I, I, see, I'm saying no. I think that people make mistakes and you got to give them room to make mistakes. And uh, I do think forgiveness is an important part of keeping a culture healthy. I think Chris Rock, um, hopefully, I think in his heart, you know, has already forgiven Will Smith best I could tell from the responses and I don't know yeah. I don't know his heart no. Will Smith has Chris Rock out. hasn't responded actually has he? he hasn't put a statement out not publicly no okay no no so I, Will Smith has put out a statement saying he was really apologetic apologized to Chris Rock um, you know it's I can't measure the sincerity or the or the um, utilitarian nature of any responses no, um, no, no. but but I, I just think people make mistakes people do mess up um, I would I would like to see Chris Rock get, be able to get past a joke now people are saying was inappropriate yeah. and Will Smith um, learning from this moment and hopefully never choosing to hit another human being again. Yeah. But really dealing with the deeper issues of anger and powerlessness and violence that I think he's struggling with. I wonder how many kids slapped a kid the next day in school. And said they were Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. My experience is when a person chooses violence, um, they feel they have an over, overwhelming feeling of powerlessness. And so there's something. But of course. I've yeah. gotten fights all the time growing up. Mm -hmm. I wasn't fighting out of dominance. It was fighting. It felt like in the moment for, you know, whatever power you could muster and take back from what they took from you. Mm -hmm. Right. It was either like out of humiliation or embarrassment or like self-preservation. Right. And so I think in the moment he was embarrassed, he felt like he had to preserve something. I think his marriage and then maybe like the respect within his marriage. And I also think he also, we were talking about this, the, the episode of Billions. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you had to choose one of the three, choose to be feared, choose to be loved, choose to be respected. I think he was on a journey of those. Yeah. You know, I think he knows maybe he's in a relationship for love and I don't think he's feared by anyone. And I think he wants to be respected by everyone. And so when he, when one of those constructs were shat was shattered right. in front of people publicly, I think that messed with his internal mechanism and his, his structure of a man. He chose fear. He chose fear. Yeah. He'd rather be feared. Yeah. But then when he gave a speech, he said he'd rather be loved. It's interesting. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a part of the pendulum that, you know, we've talked about even privately. I mean, he, he, he talked about the statement. I mean, should we talk about the statement real quick that we're, we're I guess he, he references Denzel and what Denzel told him right after he had that yeah. bad moment of saying the devil will try to get you at your highest moment. Yeah. I would just say that the devil is not that um, um, narrow in his intent. He will also target you at your lowest moment. <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, right. um, but I think that's an incredible insight, which I think is interesting. If someone else had said that, no, break it down. Break it down while you go out. While you go out, I think because I think the statement's really a beautiful statement. It is or a powerful a, statement. I love powerful it. statement. But break down the theology behind it because I think you kind of attack that phrase a lot, and I think it's really. I think I understand why you do it, and I think it's healthy, and I think the Pentecostal world needs to really understand that. Mm -hmm. But so, can you break that down? Why don't you agree with that statement, and why do you like that statement? Uh, well. 
I like the statement because it was Denzel Washington saying it to Will Smith. Right. And cool. then it was Will Smith repeating it to Academy because yeah, if it had been um, a Christian pastor saying that on that stage, yeah. they would have said, look how stupid this person is, how shallow, how superstitious he is. Yeah. He's not even connected to reality. Yeah. Well, they and, would have made a documentary about him and yeah. just try to destroy him. Destroy him, yeah. And so who, you know, who the mouthpiece is for the statement actually matters in those contexts. You know, the fact is Denzel Washington saying it, um, but his, I think his statement's 100% right in terms of when he says to Will Smith, hey, be careful in your highest moments, that's when the devil's coming after you. Right. And that's probably because Denzel Washington has been a person who's had quite a few moments of great success, and that's probably when he was most vulnerable to the worst decisions in his life. And what he's saying is, uh, when you have great success, that's when you don't say no to yourself and you make your most destructive decisions. Right. And so whether you account it to the devil or not, um, you're most vulnerable to making your worst decisions when you think you're entitled to everything you want, hmm. not everything you should have. And But I also think you're also vulnerable in your worst moments because in your worst moments, you're filled with despair, you're nihilistic, you're hopeless, and you may be desperate enough to make terrible decisions too mm. and so i you know i am a person that does believe in the devil i just don't believe it in the devil the way you don't believe in the devil you understand his existence yes but you don't but it's also he's singular yeah and i think that there's a there's a, a huge part of christian culture of faith culture that sees the devil as equal powers to, to god to god yeah and that's where i have or such a strong disagreement yeah when people when in people talk about the devil they give the devil the traits, attributes of God. They act like the devil is everywhere. Omnipresent, omni. Yeah, he's all powerful yes. and, he, and he's attacking everyone. And the devil is not God. Only God is all present, all knowing, and all um, powerful. All powerful. Yeah. Um, Satan can only be at one place at a time. He cannot be everywhere at one time. Mm. And so if he's attacking me, he's not attacking someone in China and or in India. And we need to stop acting like the devil is God's um, equal enemy. And um, yeah. he's not Thanos, you know, and uh, where God is like right. Superman. And and on the flip side, I do believe in evil. Hmm. I do think there is um, a force of evil in the universe. And and that when we say the devil, what we're actually hmm. dealing with are the forces of evil, what the Bible calls like powers and principalities. Hmm. And there's a, there's a spiritual reality that does exist. And I think that does attack every human being. We need to do a podcast called The Devil and God Raging Inside Me and have talk about mm. how both, because I think this is always interesting to me, right? Because I yeah. think the most evil people I've ever met are Christians, oftentimes, to be mm. really honest. Um, and I've met evil people outside of faith, but I think the, the most evil people I've ever met are people who believe in God and also are evil. Mm. And I can never figure out how they both can coincide in the same person, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see moments where, you know, whether it's, whether it's human failure, pastor failure, business failure, anything. People have moments where they break apart, they fall apart and they lose their humanity in that moment, right? I don't think humanity is ever lost forever, but I think it takes other humans to help you restore it and helps, it takes God to help you restore your humanity in those mm -hmm. moments. But that's something I would love to dive into someday is you mm -hmm. talking. I also think, I also think if you ever just do one hour on the devil, it would just be amazing. Yeah. If you just broke down yeah. all of the, like the, the truths about mm -hmm. the reality, because I think, there's, for some, I don't know when, like, you know, the church became Marvel. It became, for every Thor, there had to be, hey, who's uh, Thor? Loki. Loki, you yeah. know what I mean? And so you, they're always, for every yin, there had to be a yang. And that's, that's thousands of years of history, yeah. historical tradition. But 
I think there's such a misconception about it. But can I tell you a funny moment? Sure, of course. I was going over to my friend's house to to watch um, the Academy Awards. And they were like, yo, like the, the TV room was connected to a bathroom. And the bathroom has a shower. And they were like, hey, like uh, we have not turned the shower on. How is the entire shower wet? Like they're, they're claiming like there might be ghosts. Like we went out to lunch and we came back <laughs> and the entire shower was wet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And they like got me kind of, they like hyping me up. I got kind of freaked out. So I turned it on, um, this is how I praise the Lord or Tremble is usually my other go-to song. And I just started, I was like, oh, heck no, we're putting on the worship music. And neither one of them necessarily believe in God, but they started dying laughing. Cause I was like, I was like, look, this is all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I, I was leaving the house and I sent the worship music to, one of my, to like one of my best friends. And they responded, uh, hey, I, I don't really think I'll ever be like the worship music type of person, but like, mm-hmm. it's it's really sweet. I said, no, this is for the bathroom. <laughs> Protect yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyways. Hey, I, I, I did want to say there's a certain point in Will Smith's journey that I really resonate with. Okay. Uh, before I, I came into a relationship with Jesus, I genuinely wanted to be a good person. Yeah. I wanted to make the world better. I wanted to be an expression of love and kindness, of integrity. I wanted to make the world better. And my great internal frustration was all these things that actually I think are beautiful human ideals, I was incapable of fully living out. Yeah. And you know, some people talk about you know, searching for God almost as if they, they want to do everything evil, they want to do everything bad, and then they have a 180, and then they give their life to Jesus and right. want to do better things. Yeah. I was a person who genuinely wanted to do beautiful things and always felt this deficit in my soul. I, what frustrated me is I knew I couldn't be what I longed to become. See, I, I, I felt that, and I feel that with Will Smith. I feel like Will Smith actually does want to be a source of love and a source of the good yeah. and a source of wisdom and a source of enlightenment. He's just trying to go on a journey where the um, the final frontier can only be experienced with Jesus. He's trying to become what only Jesus can make him. And I feel like a part of what we watched was a person in this internal dilemma of actually wanting to be a fully self-actualized, enlightened human being without the presence and power, the reality of Jesus in their life. Mm. And I actually felt sad. I felt like this almost like this torment in my soul going, if he just realized that what he's longing for is what he was created for, he just can't do it alone. It's a journey you cannot take without Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just hoping against hope that um, Will would realize that his ambition in that sense is a good ambition. He just can't do it in his own strength, mm-hmm. in his own power. Mm-hmm. And uh, that he, this is where, this is why we are created for God and why we can only do this in relationship to him. Hmm. All right, we're going to close this thing up. Okay. Uh, Just real quick, by the time this episode is aired, I really do want to talk about the art of communication real quick. Oh, Uh, So we released the, you released the art of communication. We did, yeah. Last Friday. Mm -hmm. And we opened it up for, uh, for everybody to basically access the way that you communicate kind of the theory behind it and some practical how-tos on it. It's six and a half hours, 6.15 hours long, six hours and 15 <laughs> minutes. Um, there's also going to be two extra hours of like Q&As and conversations that we're mm-hmm. going to add to that as well that we're doing live on Zooms with people. Um, 
and it's available now and you can you can buy it now it's on the artofcommunication.org uh, there's an incredible community that you'll get access to there's a private facebook group where we're having discussions having conversations and kind of posting kind of you know what we're learning and all of those things I'm hosted by me and you at times. Mm -hmm. And it's a really exciting, exciting step into a new like direction. And I, I want to do a whole episode on like kind of the feedback and and the response and the good and the bad and all the things. But one thing I, I will say is I'm really proud of you for pouring mm -hmm. it out into this this course. And I'm really, really, really excited about the fact that people are getting to access this. Mm, I, I hope too. I think it's gonna change Woo! then. Woo! This team in here in the box. Yeah. And can, can I tell you a little secret about the art of communication? Both of it. I'm going to do everything like this now. <laughs> It'd be like, and then, no, I'm not making fun of it. would be like, Coda told me. Mm -hmm. do, I, do I have enough time to tell you a little secret? Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, 40 years ago, I, um, I shot a pilot where I was playing an assassin. And um, before I played the assassin, I... You don't know what a pilot is. It's a pilot of a TV show. And um, so I took... It's um, the first episode of a TV show before you get funding from so the I, networks. I learned how to shoot guns from a guy who worked for the American government in special forces. And then I took acting lessons with an acting coach, a friend of mine, uh, Demore um, Barnes. And, and then it was directed by a friend named Bobby, and he took me through different processes that I actually, I found myself struggling going through that process, realizing, oh, acting isn't about faking. It's about connecting to my core real self. And if I can connect to the essence of who I am, I can translate that better on a screen. It was a real challenge. It was the most therapeutic thing I've ever done, actually, in my life. Really? And we should talk about that because I had a completely different experience with an acting coach that told me I wasn't messed up enough and that acting yeah. was gonna be really hard for me because you needed to go become more broken. Yeah, and that you need a different acting coach. No, but he had, <laughs> he had coached like yeah. some huge kids. Yeah. And it's yeah. And it's just connecting to the core part of who you are. And and one of the things I didn't tell people about the art of communication is that to become a great communicator, you have to connect to the essence of your authentic self. Right. And a part of the six hours of material isn't just to teach you like skills or techniques or technology. It is really to connect you to the essence of who you are. And so the art of communication has a powerful therapeutic process in it. And because I sent someone a message today saying, hey, I hope that what you come out of is not only uh, a better communicator, but you actually begin a journey towards your wholeness. And when I said that, I realized I haven't explained to people that if you go through this process really well, it won't just make you a better communicator. It'll actually connect you more holistically to who you are. Mm. And so if I were going to take someone through a, um, a process of therapy, I'd go, hey, take some time and dive into this. You th you'll think you're learning how to become a communicator. What you're actually learning is how to, to know yourself and then have your words match your essence. Thank you for listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. We're so grateful that you checked this episode out. Rate and review this on Spotify, on iTunes podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We also do this on YouTube. Go hit subscribe. Check it out. Leave a comment. We love it. The Battle Ready Podcast. Instagram is available to you as well. And don't forget theartofcommunication.org. If you want to improve your ability to communicate, that is where you need to go. It's the only commercial that we're going to have for a while. Thank you, guys. Love you. Goodbye. Love you, Dad. Hey, have a great week. Love you.